The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi, hi, welcome. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. Welcome to the Visual Workplace, where we meet every week and we discuss some aspect of letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living landscape of work through visual devices, how to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we are not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we will be. We install that level, and when we make it concrete and specific through visual devices, through these mini-systems, these apparati, when we can literally see how we think because of these devices, we get a chance to improve it. We capture our current functionality in visual devices. We see if it is sufficient. If it is not, we make our visual devices more powerful. Mm -hmm. And why do we bother? Well, I will tell you. I normally tell you the bottom line benefits, but it is so much fun to think this way because what you're doing is making your thinking concrete through devices. And it is just so cool to do real-time experiments through devices in order to embed your operational system. This is the most fun that I have in a factory or in a hospital or in an office And you also get tremendous bottom line benefits in terms of improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery, shrinking costs, and splendid cultural alignment, especially if you start moving visuality through the leadership levels, through management, and you bring the practices and principles of visual leadership to work in concert with your operational level. You get a tremendous alignment a spirited and engaged network of effort that we call the corporate intent. And we enjoy ourselves at work. The enterprise becomes increasingly efficient, effective, conscious, fluid, self-aware, some say. Some say, you know, the workplace got smarter. And it got smarter because we got smarter. So welcome. Welcome to the Visual Workplace today. Today we're going to be looking at some remedies for 5S, Audits, da-da-da-da, <laughs> rehabilitation and renovation for your 5S audits. I hope that you know I say that with a great deal of respect. Just a, a couple of announcements. I'm going to move through them very uh, quickly because we have a packed show today. We have just two days left for our October Madness Sale where 
members and you can just you can become a member just by going onto our website visualworkplace.com and signing up members get the entire work that makes sense system for half off instead of $4800 it's $2400 for October only and you get the basics free all month to watch and many many of you have watched it if you're not a member just join it's it's free and there's lots of other free stuff that you get by becoming a member so we, we hope that you think about this. Many of you have already taken advantage of the sale. Your response has been terrific. Thank you very much. And here's the thing. We will be meeting once a month for the next three months for three free coaching sessions. Everyone who is newly, uh, has newly acquired the Work That Makes Sense system. There are three free coaching sessions included in your system, so you get off to a very strong start. I lead those sessions. We begin with an introduction to the system. We walk through how it works so you get the most out of it. We have another session on smart placement, which is very, very important. There's a lot of subtleties there. We want to make sure you get it. And we also have a third session, which is all questions. And we do that for everyone who buys the system. These are group sessions. If you attach the trainer to your purchase or a group of people have a train, the trainers, then all of them get free private sessions in coaching to help you go better, to go further, and to go more completely. So please think about that. You can purchase everything online. You can get started in that way, and then we'll be in touch with you to tell you about the schedule for the, we kind of call them work that makes sense clinics, okay? And I think those are the announcements for this week. Yeah, so if you want more information, please go to our website, visualworkplace.com, or call 503-233-1784. Those are our offices in Portland, Oregon, beautiful Portland, Oregon. 503-233-1784, or you can email us at radio at visualworkplace.com. Wonderful. So, um, let us get started for today. Rehabilitating your 5S audit, six remedies. So, 5S has been the center of attention for us for several weeks now. We've discussed its historical roots in Japan, its migration to the West, what made it valuable in Japan, and what our high hopes were when 5S came to our shores. And we also discussed how things got a little weird, a little off-kilter. We talked about the fact that Japan uses and used 5S as one of an array of tools or methods to amplify the operational level. At first, way back in the 1950s, 60s, 5S was introduced as a way to address safety issues, clear out the cutter, I beg your pardon, <laughs> clear out the clutter, clean, no more slippery floors, nothing hanging out, nothing hanging in, nothing to catch us, so that people could simply work. They could simply work and feel less at risk. And as a result, be better able to concentrate on the work at hand. And so better quality resulted from that and better on-time completion and so on. So to begin with, 5S was, as we discussed, a safety intervention and wisely so. And as things got more stable in Japanese companies and Japan 
began to recover from the devastation of World War II way back when, companies were able to focus on higher level issues, sort of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Take care of the safety first and the well-being of the human, and then you can move to higher level outcomes. For example, self-actualization. And Japan kind of followed that. They saw the value in that kind of progression, and it was also in keeping with Japan's societal value of harmony and alignment and the bands of social classes. The higher classes were obliged to look after the classes that were below on a lower band, a kind of noblesse oblige, and the classes below were uh, very good at acknowledging the contribution of their betters, if you will, of the aristocracy through gratitude and cooperation. This is very much built in, this symbiotic relationship between the so-called higher and lower bands of Japanese society. To this day, it's there. It's beginning to dissolve, and there are a lot of young uh, Japanese um, people, citizens and employees, who are working to look more like, um, let's say, the United States. And that's a good thing and a not-so-good thing at the same time. But the basic societal framework really dictated much of what was going on in the factories and in companies. And slowly, 5S began to morph into an employee engagement approach, a way in Japan for bosses to recognize the efforts of workers, as they were called then, and to reward them. And in Japanese, I beg your pardon, in Japan, recognition was reward enough. Slowly, there was a monetary benefit introduced, but the sense of support on one side and gratitude on the other never really went away. The balance was kept. The harmony between the various spheres of society was dutifully maintained. And when the West began to notice and then greatly admire the Japanese approach, Westerners looked for the secret. Because we always think about that here in the West. What's the secret? What's the one thing we're not doing that if we did do, everything would change? This is very much part of our psyche, the kind of magic. We're magical thinkers here in the West. I know, let's just say I know it's true in the United States. We're always looking for the magic. And we relish it. We love it. So what's the magic of the Japanese success? What's that secret ingredient? And 5S became the focus. Certainly, it's about decluttering and cleaning, but also we saw operators were very happy, even joyful doing 5S tasks, even though that puzzled us as Americans who have always considered cleaning up and keeping clean to be menial tasks that children do or your mother does (laughs) or the maid if you're lucky enough to have one. Why are people so happy? There's something magical about 5S and we began to suspect that we should pay more attention and we did we weren't exactly wrong when we paid more attention but we did misinterpret a few vital elements and we've discussed that the translation as i mentioned last week ran into a number of difficulties and went into a number of different directions innovative about the translation We actually muddied the waters. We lost the clarity of 5S, but we made a go of it. We failed to notice that in Japanese companies, there were an array, there was an array of employee engagement methods, not just 5S. 
not noticing that, we made 5S the end-all and be-all for employee engagement, empowerment, happiness. Mm. Only years later did Taeyen, the Japanese suggestion system, show up on the scene. And ladies and gentlemen, I know because I taught the very first Taeyen course ever presented in the West. It was in Chicago. I remember it. It was about 1988-89. We were all learning as we went. And none of us corrected the direction of our thinking sufficiently to ever get it right. I mean, Japanese right. We made adaptations. And so these methods flooded our businesses. And the notion of ordering them never occurred to, the, to us. The notion of you know, putting them into a construct never occurred to us for another 10 years. Now models are very, very familiar. Let's take our first break and we'll resume this discussion. We're just kind of going over for folks who weren't with us over the last two or three radio shows. And then we'll move into the audit very, very shortly. I'll see you when you get back. the boardroom to you voice america business network are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company Gwendolyn galsworth visual workplace expert and award-winning author is available to help you harness and maximize that power with nearly 30 years of hands-on experience dr galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars site assessments total company conversions keynotes coaching and consulting learn about visuality through our books dvds on-demand webinars visual edge learning packages and a host of other teaching materials enroll in the visual lean institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or qmi affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses keep your visual workplace going and growing visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality our products and services and when gwendolyn will be presenting near you that website again is visualworkplace.com Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace Work That Makes Sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. 
If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. We are in the second part of our show today at the Visual Workplace. And we were saying just before the break that in Japan there were other interventions that built upon this basic um, condition in Japanese society of wanting to respect the other and wanting to demonstrate gratitude or service. There was 5S, there was kata, there were quality circles, there was teien, the Japanese suggestion system, and there were others. The Harada method is one that came along more recently. And the notion of ordering these options never occurred to us in the West. In fact, we didn't even know about them. As we learned about something new, we ladled it into the formula, into the soup. And we didn't notice until very recently that the fundamental fabric of the Japanese society was built on love and respect, even though I have to admit, along with you, it had odd ways of expressing it. It was there. And Western companies were trying very hard to learn this. And I actually think it's quite marvelous that these two societies were brought together, where our love and respect is a little bit less overt, a little bit less obvious, and our encounter with Japan began to bring it up and made it mu- make it much more specific and much more noticeable. But there was a learning curve. There was a conversation <laughs> that needed to happen about it, and we're getting very close now. The conversation today, it, in this day, in 2015, is so entirely different than what it was in the 1980s and 1990s. The 1990s were rock and roll, where things were not working, where we began to question the wisdom of trying to bring this new model from Japan. The 90s were, were hard. We were and always are sincere and well-meaning, and we are getting more and more open. But what had evolved organically in Japan over a period of nearly 40 years simply jumped into being in the West. It happened in less than two years, and then less than eight years, and then less than 15 years. We were making these tremendous changes and hardly had time to absorb what they meant. And companies were rightly confused, or at the very least, very, very busy. And employees, well, I will tell you, it felt like whiplash. It felt like whiplash. Interest in 5S never faded, but well into the 1990s, we still didn't have it right, and we still don't. Most of us don't. And now we had to deal with the added challenge of competing translations, Well, 5S was rescued for the second or third time when Womack and Jones published their book about 1996-97 on lean thinking. And early on in the book, the authors gave an unmistakable blessing to 5S. Do this, do it first. Not only can you not go wrong, 5S is indispensable, and companies took the dive. Again, this time with confident determination that it would be worth it because we have some Westerners who have given it a stamp of approval. And nothing that 5S produced has not been good. Who could argue with cleanliness and order? 
But I myself dedicated 10 or 12 years of my work life, my professional work life, to unnesting its mysteries and trying to make it succeed in the way in which I understood success, a methodology that was pulled into place by the interest and excitement of the people being asked to do it, the operators in this case for 5S. My experience was there was tremendous pushback. I worked with a lot of union sites at that time, a lot, and there was unmistakable pushback. Painful. You pick up somebody's... You pick up the litter and you're taking work away from a fellow employee. There was a lot of rock and roll about improvement without any pay increases. And it was these repeated failures that forced me to keep the concept of operator involvement and contribution, but search for a different toehold for 5S than mere cleanliness and order. And of course, that brought me into visuality very strongly and brought me very, very strongly into work that makes sense which is operator-led visuality. It is on a base of cleanliness and order, but the point is not cleanliness and order. The point is to embed your performance operators into the living landscape of work through visual devices, to notice your information deficits, and to use motion as a lever. So that model evolved because 5S wasn't working for me and for the good people who asked me to come in. So I want to move to the audit now. The audit came, around, came along around the year 2000. The idea of the audit really grabbed hold then because companies were desperate to find a way to keep 5S in place and here comes the audit. It isn't that the audit was new in Japan, but we were again rooting around like so many interested piglets, rooting around for the right mushroom for the right little tasty tidbit that was going to solve the problem of the big pushback from 5S. Why doesn't 5S work? Why is, why is our workforce so undisciplined? Many, many of the questions were wrong and therefore the answers couldn't be right. But companies wanted three things from their audit. They wanted to standardize 5S outcomes so they could at least have that as a base. They wanted to re- reward people by conferring upon them scores that reflected their good continuing efforts. And of course, the reverse was also true. Bad scores if they didn't continue. And companies, number three, wanted to integrate 5S and make 5S a way of life in the company, a new core competency. They wanted to be able to rely on this because it seemed every way they turned it as a good, this is good. And so the audit became a part of the monthly routine in some plants, the weekly routine. The cycle began, audit, score, audit, score, audit, score. And there would be maybe quarterly rewards, a golden broom or maybe some uh, coupons or whatever. There was also a closely held belief that the 5S audit was what made 5S exciting because the executives who went over to Japan saw the excitement that Japanese associates exhibited around the audit. It was a completely different social fabric. But, the, but our execs didn't notice that. They just asked the way we do in America, why can't we have one like that? I want one like that. 
are a consumer-based society. Not that Japan isn't also consumer-based, but it's from a different set of societal values. Don't get me started. A different set. And some companies, some that are listening today, have been very successful with 5S and with 5S audits. You have found a formula that fits your company and its values, and you have applied it with consistency and heartiness, and they carried the day. But an equal number or more have not had that experience. Some of the companies listening today have set aside the audit completely and the whole experience of 5S, a negative memory. Don't mention the word on this property. We've heard that many times. You have too. If you're a consultant or a coach and you travel, you hear that. Others kept both the 5S and the audit and doggedly, doggedly insisted that this was the way and the habit would eventually sink in. Many of the companies listening today are you just do the audit because corporate requires it. I want to direct my comments today to companies that are still conducting audits but wish to heck that the darn audit worked a tiny, tiny bit better. You have sensed the undertow every time you come through with your compliance instrument in hand, pencil sharpened and poised to do the audit. Let me remind you of the three fundamental challenges of all audits, and in particular, the 5S audit. First, it is an audit. Therefore, it is focused on compliance and has limited ability by design for stimulating anything else. It is not designed to stimulate improvement. It is not designed to stimulate employee engagement. That's the first challenge. Second is, many of the companies who are implementing 5S itself are doing so incompletely. And as a result, there's very little to audit, except some repetitive version of S1, S2, S3. Get rid of the junk, clean what's next, make it neat and orderly. Some companies include standardize these tasks, but mm, it is not very effectively mm, implemented and therefore audited. The third challenge is companies that do implement traditional 5S completely still don't have an auditable event. Please hear me on this. There are two reasons for that. There is a not enough variability or non-compliance in most 5S applications to warrant weekly or even monthly audits. Traditional 5S as an outcome is simply not robust enough to provoke enough patchiness or inconsistency. There's no stretch. And so audit is so, it's it's non-auditable event because why audit something that can't change? We are talking about compliance, but the level of that 5S exists on I'm talking about traditional 5S, is a very, very low level. Why audit it? Traditional 5S contains nearly zero content related to, for example, workplace visuality. With the exception of a lightweight interest in lines and labels, a lightweight interest, traditional 5S fails to recognize 
the opportunities for expansion. And therefore, the audit just kind of limps along. And some of the duress that companies that you are feeling if you're having difficulty is because it simply isn't worthy of us. It isn't worthy of being tested or followed up on or anything. It's a baby. It's baby 5S. So I am going to, after the break, for the rest of the show, come up, give you what I think are five, six, I beg your pardon, six remedies. So I'll see you in a moment when you get back. We'll start on these remedies. And I believe that you'll see that they are fairly simple, but will change a lot for you. And I think in a very positive way. I'll see you in a moment. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, hi, this is Gwendolyn. Welcome back. This is the third segment of our show. We're going to jump into audit remedies right now. 
almost right now, I want to say, I know, I know what you know. I know that your boss or her boss or her boss or his boss will not let you not do the audit. I know that many of you do not have the option and that you're stuck with an audit that you know doesn't work, but you're also stuck because it's a corporate requirement, site-wide requirement, and there's no substitution. It's like spinach when we were kids or the dried-up liver that my mom used to fry up for me and my brother Gary. It wasn't ready until the ends curled up and the center of the liver had begun to crumble. When it was dried out enough and had absolutely no taste, it was good for us. Even though it was a miserable meal, mom knew best and we longed for her Hungarian goulash, which was sublime, but we were getting the liver. Her goulash was hamburger meat and mashed potatoes all mushed up together in a frying pan. It was edible. It had some moisture to it. Yum. But no, we had to have liver twice a month. That's sometimes the way it is. (laughs) God bless you, Mom. Um, Sometimes the way it is with your corporate leaders, this is good for you. So these remedies are dedicated to you. The dear, stalwart, and true companies that are doing your audits dutifully because, you know what, you work for the company. The remedies I'm about to offer are remedies in concept, and it is because of that that they will change your audit. These are not cosmetic remedies. These, these are impact remedies. You can keep the basic form, but you're going to do some really interesting things on the inside. You can serve liver, but it's going to be yummy liver. Okay? So, the tweaks. First tweak. Change the nature of the content of what you're focused on. Look for the principles that you want to put into place rather than the tasks that you want to see completed. The principle of cleanliness, if you will, but I prefer better, the principle of dirt prevention. To what extent are there mechanisms in place this week while we're auditing that prevent dirt, that prevent cleaning, instead of is the CNC machine clean? That's a yes and no answer, and that's going to be another piece that I'm going to say. Stop with the yes and no's. But let me keep these points clear, okay? So, audit for principles. To what extent not are things in place, but do the mechanisms to keep things in place allow any intruders to enter? To what extent are there intruders? And is the strength of the border patterning system, which is what borders are really for, to implement patterns of work and make them visible, are the patterns strong enough to make it obvious? To what extent are they strong enough? To what extent are intruders obvious? So audit, your audit focuses on principles. So, in order to benefit, in order to audit for principles, you have to learn what those principles are yourself. And I count about 25 in the core set. 
If you don't know what they are or how to convert to principles, then, excuse me, I'm going to be unabashedly self-interested here. Please refer to my book, Work That Makes Sense, Operator-Led Visuality. Or we'll do a whole show on principles one of these days. Here's the second piece. Let your associates pick which principles they want to be audited on. Let your associates even write the items that they're going to be audited on. So you're going to have to teach them about principles so that they can say, we want to be audited on the principle of dirt prevention. We want to be audited on the principle of addresses that don't trigger motion. We want to be audited on the clarity with which we store our component parts or our tools or our drill bits. We want to be audited on principles. We'll, we'll tell you which principles are most important to us. We will create our own audit items. Building on that point of your value-add associates actually putting the content into place of what, these, what they want to be audited on, go a step further. Number three, and let your value-add associates audit themselves using the mechanism that they created, saying to themselves, this is what's important to us right now, and this is what we consider to be progressive or moving us forward. And, you know, if there's a lot of um, uh, crumminess between your value-add associates, people aren't getting along right now, they're grumpy, they don't like each other, then just pair people up and let them do an audit item, the audit items or an audit item. Just split it up. You take, you take one. We have seven items. You should have like seven to ten at the most. You do one item, this pair. You guys, Marianne and and. Beth, you do another item, you do another item, you do another item. Just, just break it up in that way. We're going to keep these items in place until we get, if your scale is one to five with five high, until we get a, a, at least a four on all of them. And then anything that doesn't drop or go to above a four, anything that goes above a four will move out and make room for something else. And that's another thing. So... Number three was let the associates audit themselves. I'm going to say more about that in a moment. Number four is change the items and change it often. Change the items and change it often so that there's something new that we can strive for. We have a sense of progress or even a sense of time in the audit that the audit actually does mark time with us through our lives at the company. So it evolves as we evolve. You can also, number five, you can also change the scale. You know, with one group that I worked with, their bottom scale, their zero, didn't say zero, bad. It said zero, pigsty. <laughs> And their five was clean enough for my mother. <laughs> their five wasn't excellent. It was clean enough for my mother. <laughs> that can change to clean enough for your mother. But it had personality. 
You have often heard me say, just because you want stability, don't turn into vanilla. Don't turn everything into vanilla. You can have stability and it can still taste like Cherry Garcia or Coffee Heath Bar Crunch. It can have flavor and texture and interest and surprises. Stability or standardizing doesn't mean neutralizing. Uniformity doesn't mean identicalness. What you want is a uniform outcome. And many folks confuse uniform outcome meaning exact, exact replication. I'm going to stick this in now and not explain it. But my favorite definition of a standard is the following, given to me by Ryuji Fukuda in 1986 when we were having a cup of tea in a beautiful Tokyo hotel. I said sensei because he was my sensei. Sensei, please tell me more about this idea of standards and reliable methods. Do you have a definition? He said yes, and he spouted this out through his interpreter. A reliable method, a standard, consists of only those elements which were not followed result in a predictable defect or waste. Let's do a whole show on that. Only those elements which were not followed result in a predictable defect or waste. There is no need to turn humans into robots. There is a need to identify the wiggly parts. This is not in the common discussion. Be careful of Borg thinking because it's out there everywhere. And very strongly, because you know I'm doing a whole series in the newsletter article, in the newsletter, The Visual Thinker, on standards. It's a bit of a rant, but a correction needs to be made. (laughs) So, associates audit themselves against items that are of interest to them. They understand what is interesting from the point of view of principles because you teach them principles. You understand the principles. And there's a substance to the audit. Another easy way. Ah, sorry, we have to go into our, our next break. When you come back, I will give you another easy way to do something. You'll find out what. See you in a moment. Thank you. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. 
Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the last segment of our show today at the Visual Workplace. I want to jump in because I want to cover this stuff and give you good value for your time. Another easy way to let associates audit themselves is to create a kind of what I used to call a 5S patrol, where pairs of associates become the auditing members, the patrol members, for two-week cycles, one-week cycles. And it's usually selected alphabetically by first name. So Alan and Annie do the first rotation, each one of them conducting their own audit, coming together, comparing notes, shaping a single result, that they share in a five-minute meeting, a five-minute huddle with a team. Hey, here are the results for this week. Let's pick our top three. Let's work on those. So maybe we can get these top three, which are usually, if on a scale of one to five, three or below. They're not a four. They're not a five. They're either a three, two, one. If you have a scale of zero, then a zero. Let's move them. Let's pick the ones that are at threes and move them up. And let's just pick three out of the seven. Not all of them. Let's focus because our time is limited. And I want us, Annie and and Alan, say we want to focus on these three. They get to choose. The next week, Alan drops off. Annie is joined by Bob. She holds the history. She brings Bob up to speed about what it would look like last week. They do the audit. If you're doing this weekly, it's fine. I kind of like it weekly because uh, that keeps the momentum going when operators do it. When you do it once a year, for me, it's too often. (laughs) Sorry. The new member brings fresh eyes. Annie holds the history. She cycles off during the third week, and Bob is joined by Betty. And you go through. You keep going through, and everyone grows. And I want to tell you, All of your employee engagement, all of your activity on the shop floor, including the work itself, should be have a component of personal growth so that I'm interested because I'm growing and because I can bring a part of me to my work that would otherwise be unseen by you and by me. It's an abiding 
principle. So you're changing the focus. Often you're giving ownership out of this principle that we call respect. You're giving it to the operators themselves. And I know that you're challenged to find ways to demonstrate your respect because it is challenging until you get the hang of it. But this is one way. So those are things you can do right now. Make your audit about principles. Teach the principles, of course. Let associates pick the focus, the focus principles that they want to be audited against. And then let them audit themselves and use a mechanism like a 5S patrol to do so, so that it's a rotation, nobody gets stuck. And it is in itself fluid, flow flow-based. Flow creates interest and excitement. Flow, it's part of our lives. When it's flowing, we're interested. When it's not, we're in trouble and we know it. I want to talk to you about the questions themselves. Shift away from yes and no questions. We call them closed-ended questions. S2, shine. In the logic of traditional 5S, S2 supports an outcome called a clean work area and everything in it. And we all know for sure that that can and will happen over time, given steady applied effort and some decent cleaning supplies. But here's what the audit item, for me, shouldn't say. Close-ended yes, no. Is the whip card at the CNC machine clean? Yes or no? Nah. Just change it to open-ended that responds to a 1.5 to 5 scale. To what extent? That's all you have to do to the item. To what extent is the whip cart at the CNC machine clean? Make that change. I'm going to suggest another change in a moment. But make that change from close-ended yes-no response to scale-ended, which is to what extent. These are worthy outcomes if all that we wanted and expected from associates was their compliance, close-ended. But the compliance requirement, is it really sufficient to the new paradigm of enterprise excellence and ownership and empowerment? What else is waiting that this audit item does not expect and therefore does not trigger? What is the potential of using S2 as an audit item to create a higher level outcome. We're talking about Maslow again. Self-actualization. Said another way, could a, an S2 audit item create the opportunity for associates to think, to learn, to invent? Because if it could, the company would get a ton more mileage out of its monthly audit. Maybe management would even stop pushing the monthly audit because maybe it would instead be pulled by the very associates that we are wanting cooperation from. Because they want it to. Because they feel the stretch and it feels so good. The stretch in their imagination, in their heart, in their capability. Here's the item. Open-ended. S2 audit item. How many new dirt prevention Devices have been invented since the last audit in support of the CNC machine. How many new ones? Dirt prevention or cleaning prevention devices? Because once those devices are in place, in a little while, the CNC machine is no longer going to be an audit item. 
because of the invention of these devices. The principle of prevention drives this audit item, not the level of cleanliness. The principle, not the task of cleaning. The principle of thinking and preventing. This is a change in expectation and this will trigger a new change in awareness and a change, therefore, in behavior. We can clean until the cows come home, but if we never look for an end of cleaning, we end up celebrating the mere event that we have cleaned instead of celebrating the fact that we never have to clean again. And believe me, no one celebrates the fact that we're clean. We want it to end. And once we never have to clean again, we remove the item and we put something else in its place, some principle-based stretch goal. Which begs another question, what would it be like if your secret goal was to put the 5S audit out of business, to really make cleanliness and order a way of life? Same thing with safety. And what would it be like to give you the sixth remedy to include visuality as one of the audit items? To what extent are there new visual devices in this area that embed performance? or that embed quality, or that embed the proper handling of material, or that embed the, um, let me think of another one, on-time delivery, or the closure of open orders. To what extent does visuality help us? Add that as your sixth remedy. And we will be talking more about that next week. I want to talk to you about using motion as an audit driver and visuality as an audit outcome. I hope that you have found today useful. I know I've gone through these things rather rapidly, but if you listen again, you will find the items, I believe, are fairly clearly presented. And think about changing. Keep the audit, but change the content so that people give a rat's behind about the audit and you don't have to keep pushing and feeling as though It's too hard. Let this be a celebration of our inventiveness and our true belief that the person we're looking at is us. Change the culture by changing your audit. Thank you very much. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm signing off. Let the workplace speak. appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.